about to win so big. Tell me, hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me, what's the program? 25 days of cush. Yeah, get with the program. Show them what they wave, get the program. Hey, we back in these podcast streets tonight. It's your boy Dan, back with another episode of Tales from the Transfer Portal with Joe. We got a special, special guest tonight. A legend in these streets. D-Block legend, DBU. Hokey great. They, he might, you might know him by the name Bino. Yeah. He's a great philosopher. He once <laughs> said, don't clear your plate till your brother ate, and we live by that. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, Rock Carmichael. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Ed. That was a uh, that was a great intro, man. That joke made me feel like I was a rapper or something, man. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. Hey, tell us what uh, tell us what BAP means. Um, BAP, man. That's that's bless all people, bro. Um, something I started, you know, coming out of high school. You know, honestly, was more of a. Uh, like I don't want to say a religious thing, but it was something that I that I use. You know, I used to pray to, that I used to pray for. You know, after my father passed. You know, that was kind of like my little saying that would help me get through the difficult times. You know, being away at Virginia Tech, being away from home, and you know, just going through difficult times. Like you might just be going to class and somebody don't, you know, catch the door for you and you frustrated. You know, and I'm like, my dad just died, and I'm trying to lift weights and do all this stuff. So it was just like. Bless all people was just like a way that I could sum up everything and, and keep my day going. So that's what that's what that was, and you know that that led to a nice uh, a nice following, and you know we took that pretty far. So that was cool. Where's yeah, home, man? Home, man. The DMV. I am. You know, I'm a PG County guy. You know, um, grew up in the uh, Clinton uh, Brandywine area, of PG County. Went to Gwen Park High School. Uh, graduated. 2006 and uh when i graduated actually we had a uh, phil taylor who was a first round draft pick in the 2011 draft uh number 15 pick overall went to the cleveland browns uh kyle errington you know who won a couple super bowls up with uh uh the patriots starting that corner wearing number 24 um we had a guy named adrian moten who went you know uh, uh seventh round 2011 so Gwen Park High School, you know, when I was coming out of school, we had four or five guys that, you know, made it to the NFL that, like, graduated with me at the same time, you know, coming out at the same time. So that was a great time going to that school then. And um, and, and even growing up, grew up with guys like uh, uh, Navarro Bowman and Joe Hayden and, you know, Vontae Davis and a, a bunch of other guys that we were able to compete with, you know, day in and day out, you know, at growing up as kids. So... Wow, that's legit, man. Yes. Now, you had some North Carolina ties, right? You were born in North Carolina? Oh, definitely, man, definitely. I didn't know how far you wanted to go back, but no, I was uh, I was born in North Carolina, man, and in, uh, in the Lawnburg area, you know, so that's kind of like uh, that Scotland County area where uh, Eddie Whitley is from. Um, who else is from there, man? It's slipping my um, – the twins, the um, – Dag, dude, I'm, I, I feel bad. I'm forgetting their names. There's two okay. four on Instagram. T- um, God damn it, dog! I feel bad. Man. The Edmonds brothers. Man. You plugged in. Not the not the Edmonds brothers. It's before them. It was um, he played defensive end, and his twin ended up not coming to Virginia Tech, but they both had scholarships. Um, um, played defensive end from South Carolina, bro, right there on that Longburg, on that North Carolina, South Carolina line. But anyway, when he hear this, man, when y'all hear this, you'll know who I'm talking about, bro. I'm, I just got out of practice. I, I apologize, man. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, down there with Boykin, Jared Boykin and them guys is from like that North Carolina, South Carolina borderline. You know, I was born there. You know, I lived there till I was about 10 years old. 
then we moved up to Maryland and at PG County. Uh, my dad, my dad went to the uh, to the military, so we ended up getting uh, pushed up north. But yeah, definitely had them Carolina ties, man. So I get to I get to bounce around pretty much the whole East Coast, man. I run up and down the East Coast. What's wild is you from where Ed, Eddie Whitley from, then you went to the DMV, and then you came to Tech, and then he came to Tech, and y'all played together. Hell yeah, man, definitely. And, uh, and you know, he doing his thing now. Congratulations to him and uh, JMU. You know, he coaching them guys. You know, we sending some kids. He helping me get some kids, some scholarships and things like that, man. So, you know, the the brotherhood at D-Block and Virginia Tech, you know, it keep growing. It keep growing and going on, man. So I appreciate them. Yeah, that tree just keeps growing more branches, and it's beautiful to see. Hell yeah, so, man. So tell us how you got to Tech. Who was your recruiter? What kind of made you want to come to Tech? Well, you know, my Tech story is a lot different. You know, I mean, now we get to, you know, I'm dealing with the kids, you know, the Levettes and the Cotmans. type of recruit guys, you know, but coming out star one star type of guy type of recruit um and it was difficult because of some of them names like i named before i, I had a uh, phil taylor man who was a six five 320 pound defensive tackle you know in high school that was had probably about five percent body fat right you know so it was like every school that ever came through you know it was hard to break anybody's attention because you gotta you know one of those kids that was a ninth grade All-American who just looked like a grown man, you know, from day one. Um, yeah, so he was getting all the attention. Yeah, man. I, and, and, you know, like I said, I was getting overlooked. Um, so it, it literally came to um, one day, you know, he he's a five-star guy. So he, uh, he had scholarship offers everywhere. One day we were supposed to head down to the University of Georgia. Um, and we're driving down there. You know, we kids. We fall asleep in the car. We wake up, his dad's like, yo, we ain't going to just stop at Virginia Tech because uh, Georgia kind of far. I don't feel like making that drive. Virginia Tech having like a one-day camp. They already offered Phil, let's go in here and see what's up. And, you know, me, I didn't really care. Nobody offered me, right? So I was like, whatever, I'll do whatever I need to do. Um, I get out of the car. I remember walking up to Beamer, Coach Beamer, and telling him, like, you know, if if uh, if you can give me a scholarship, like I can try to get Phil big field to commit and you know he laughed it off and he said uh you know like i'm gonna keep my eye on you do and you know I, I had a hell of a camp i go i run a four three um i had you know a couple interceptions in the one-on-ones i was doing my thing at receiver that day on the offensive side you know by the middle of the competition period coach beamer came and like grabbed me off the field and was like man i want to offer you a scholarship and um i thought he was joking you know kind of at first i didn't you know, because like I said, Phil used to get all the attention. I just was kind of like the extra guy. And, um, you know, I told him right then and there, like, I want to commit. And we went up in his office. You know, we called my parents and um, let them know that, you know, I was going to get a scholarship to Virginia Tech. And I committed that next day. I was like the summertime before my senior year. And shit, it was history after that, you know, took back to the fourth round traffic and all that stuff. So it was like, you know, like I said, my, my story getting there was different. I wasn't, you know, sought after, wasn't recruited much. You know, I just saw opportunity and I, and I took, you know, took advantage. I was in ball, coach on the ball. And Lorenzo Ward, you know, they were the wide receiver DB coaches that day at the camp. Um, and they loved me a lot, both of them guys. Like, I, I remember Tony Ball taking me out of drills and, you know, making me, you know, catch the ball and do some single, like, wide receiver stuff, just me and him. And um, he was real big on me. I know after I, like, committed and everything, that's who I was in touch with a lot, Coach Tony Ball. And he's still coaching college football somewhere, too. Man, I know uh, Blacksburg was definitely a culture shot coming from the DMV. Weren't none of them curry outs with the wings and the mumbo and the fries. <laughs> nah, man, it wasn't no curry out, carry outs, man. I, uh, you know, and at that point, you know, I was running behind the Josh Morgan and Roland Miner and some dudes like that from the area that had went down there, man. Um, so it was different, but it was needed. You know, I, I think if I would have went to a Maryland or, you know, somewhere closer to the to the city, that you know, things wouldn't. Have, panned out the way for me that they did you know so going to tech and being able to get in the country for a little while was 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 definitely needed yeah, yeah but if you if you went to maryland 
you'd have been able to walk the target. <laughs> Word to Tory Smith. <laughs> nah, I'm yeah. Just, yeah, I'm just nah. saying. Did he really say that? Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. He said, <laughs> he said that's why the Maryland camp is better because they can walk the target. Nah, hell nah. That's that, <laughs> that's what make it worse in my opinion. It's been so many it's been so many top athletes, bro, that that College Park or University of Maryland would, you know, get to keep home or you know, that that would go there that never pan out. You know, like just hearing a Tory Smith or uh what's the boy, Diggs, like that's only a couple of them. You know, we from the area so it's like I know the guys that were like, you know, I don't want to say better than these guys, but I know the guys that, that you know, they used to look up to that didn't break through because they were too close to home. It's like you in Washington, D.C., right down the street from the nation's capital, and you a 17-, 18-year-old kid, it's too much. It's too much for kids. Like, I tell all my kids, like, yo, if you could do anything, like, go away from Maryland, like, because you're already a superstar. You're going to get a blue check in today's world on social media and you in the capital of the nation, bro. I'm like, it's shit popping every day of the week in D.C. Like, you can't even, yeah. you can't walk across the street and go to Target. That shit ain't even safe. That D.C. nightlife will get you, bro. <laughs> yeah. You can't really focus. Like, right. you really got to go in front of you. You want to be somewhere that, that you can focus, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. what? The, the MAPA, which is a big pipeline, they pump out athletes. I mean, it's seven minutes from Maryland's campus. So like that's not that's I mean you basically home like really right right and that's not that's not listen I've been up here for you know for a while and the the guys that go there man they don't really pan out you get a one or two Tory Smith Stephon Diggs but it should be a lot more you know but being so close to home that's his own obstacle they got to defeat right so you're at at Tech and then but you're about to leave. You've been you've built this hell of a hell of a career at, at Virginia Tech. What was uh the draft process like for you? Like what kind of information were you getting like you should go in this round or this round or what was that? Tell us about oh, that. Oh man, you know me, man. I'm like I said, bro, I'm different with all that stuff. I don't even know. Like it wasn't I didn't know um, I wasn't I'm I'm still not like I'm really just getting um social media active, you know. Like so like at those times I wasn't I, I don't know what they were saying about me because I wasn't paying attention. I was literally just trying to work and do what I had to do for my team. Like, I told some of my kids the other day, like, I didn't even know that I was up for the, um, what's the, like, top DB in, in college? What's that award? Is that the Thorpe? Yeah, the Thorpe, the Jim Thorpe, the Thorpe Award yeah, and yeah, shit, right? I didn't even know, like, I was a finalist for the Thorpe Award until after maybe, like, three four years after i came out of college like i didn't i didn't know because i was like i didn't even i'm like if you know me being at virginia tech like i didn't have no cable i didn't listen to i didn't do nothing all i did was study football and watch film and, and train so when i came out of it it was just like i don't really know what's going on it, it was just like i play football and, and everything else kind of to me was just like you know whatever i went through the and it, and it was the nfl lockout hour year you know so you know, like I say, my shit was different, man. I, I came out, I kept working. It was the lockout. I just was waiting on something to happen. But, you know, like I say, even when I was there, like, I didn't realize how big a deal it was to even get invited to the combine or get invited to the senior bowl. Cause I was like, I, my work, that my work should speak for itself. That's what should happen. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't, um, you know, I didn't really enjoy it or get to look at the process cause I was so locked in with the work. I respect that, man. You had your nose down. Yeah. Yeah. So who was your agent when you came out? Uh, Rodney Thomas. I went with uh, the guys that, you know, it was a small group. It was like myself, Victor Cruz, Joe Hayden, and uh, Ryan. Ryan Williams. Me and Ryan Williams had the same guys. And that was kind of, that was their whole, like, agency. It was like two or three guys. You know, they had a small group of, like, cats that's, you know, familiar with the DMV. And um and that was it, man. I, I deal with those guys through my whole process. Everything was cool, you know. For a fourth round draft pick, I had a really good uh a really good signing bonus, like compared to, you know, the fourth rounders. You know, everybody that came before me in my draft pick, like my numbers, you know, were really high. So you know, I was satisfied with that, you know, as an agent. And um yeah, man, kept it cool with those guys. So you got picked by the Texans. And yeah, then you ended up going to Philadelphia to the Eagles. Right. And then you had a pretty good little stint there. 
Yeah, man, that's really when I started. I really kind of started trying to play. Um, like it was uh when I was in Houston. Um, it was like you know, I really I'm not gonna say I didn't try hard, but it, I, me, man, like I said, I I got to the NFL and I was like, all right, I'm all, now I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do next. You know, it was like. I had made a decision that I didn't want to be all pro. I didn't want to like play 20 years in the league. So it was like, I'm really, I'm here to kind of use it as a stepping stool to see what's next in my life. And, you know, kind of set these connections and things. It was like, I'm not, I'm not here to like try to win a Super Bowl. And I know that's terrible, but it's like it, it, because I had just went through the lockout and the lockout showed me that I can't put, all my trust into the next person you know like I, I put my whole life into the nfl then you train forever and then you know and then one day they say oh the nfl is closed we're not gonna pay you and it's like what you know what i'm saying so it was yeah. like when the lockout was over i just my whole mindset had changed you know you go through nine months of no football you stuck in between the nfl and college and nobody talking to you you know even after you get drafted you didn't hear from the team you didn't get a playbook like you literally just you know, got a phone call, said, we're going to draft you. And that was it. You know, so we waiting from January to August and some people stay focused on their goals. But me, you know, it was like, I, I felt like a fool by putting these. Uh, that's what, that's what my process, it was different. Like the, you know, my whole process was all like trying to figure out how to, how to take over and be prepared for the next, the next part. It was like, okay, I got Cam, I got Ty, I know all my guys. They're going to play and they're going to ball and do these things here. I want to have things in order for when everybody retire and try to sit down and settle down and, you know, figure out what's next. I want to have that ready. So that's that was like my whole mindset while I was playing ball. My personal opinion, what, what you've done and, like, what you're going to do is way more important than, like, that 20-year NFL career. Like, like the the stuff like you started with the bat movement and like the things the inspirational stuff that you used to like tweet and I'll never forget that there was this kid that used to be on Twitter Bryce Warsham I'll never forget he's related to the Warsham Warsham Field guys yeah you sent him some jerseys like game worn jerseys and that kid I, I mean it was just like he had a million dollars at that point like he, it's the most excited I've ever seen anybody in my life and he, wow. he, you you ain't know him you just sent it to him. So like, yeah. it's always been stuff like that. When people were like Rock Carmichael, I'm like, that's my dog. Like I rock with that. Kid, no pun intended. Like that's yeah. my guy. Like forever. Like yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. seriously, people should bro, aspire to be as good of a person as you are. Man, I I would hope so, man. Cause this is, you know, at the end of the day, like I really truly believe in this about what you do, you know, for the next person. And you like you said, bro. I've done that so many times. I don't even know. And it's and it, it and it's really just truly um starting to come back, you know, like all those people, all the all the guys like us, we just kind of starting to be of age to help and to you know make other decisions. And you know, like it's guys like uh like Robinson, right? The number six, the number six, the corner that starts at Alabama. Like I literally didn't know. Like me, he had a situation like that, you know. Uh, he gets on the talk space, you know, with Coach Glover. You know, one day out Virginia Beach, and he says, like, Rock, man, you know, the Robinson kid, he's like, man, you know, one day you came home in the NFL and was up there in the D.C. area working out, and you don't remember, but you gave me, you know, some gloves and, you know, maybe some a shirt, Eagle shirt or whatever it was. And he was like, that was the reason I started to play football, you know. And now you look at this kid, he is starting defensive back at Alabama, you know. And it's like, damn, that, that there alone makes me – you know, just feel so good, and it's like you you can't even get repaid for, you know, the the things that you know when you do good things, right? So I'm like, who knows what that uh, turned into? But you know, I'm just so proud to be, you know, that kind of person that 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 take the risk for people, you know. So is that what led you into doing the coaching? Um, really, what got me into the coaching was just COVID, man. Like. At the end of the day, like I'm a person that would literally do whatever, whatever needs to be done. So it was like I wasn't into it because I felt like I wasn't needed. But once COVID hit, um, and everything stopped, um, you know, the coaches couldn't recruit, the high schools couldn't do nothing, the, pl the players couldn't do anything. It was a, you know, I felt the need and, and kind of saw a window. Like, all right, I can get in here 
and and um and create my own space you know and that that's literally what i what i did with the coaching thing so i got in and was able to do it and move how i wanted to due to covid so and it looks like that's really taken off so tell us a little bit about that tell us what you got cooking up some of the guys you got you know that you're coaching i see them going to camps i see it all over twitter so yeah man um i mean it's more it's more so um I would say more so mentoring than it is coaching, you know, than it is coaching or training. That's a good word, yeah. Yeah, you know, because it's like I, I'm not really tied down to any specific school or area. So it's like literally I drive around from Mondays, you know, I'm in the DMV, and by Wednesday I'm in Richmond, by Friday I'm in Virginia Beach, you know, and I try to, you know, touch and, you know, help as many guys as possible. And really at this point it's like, you know, I'm like, shoot, you can go on YouTube and the internet and train your damn self. Like there's so many trainers and people and things to watch out there, you know, but not too many people can, you know, prov provide a different perspective on the game and a different mentality, you know, kind of on the game because they haven't been there. So that's the kind of approach I take is like, if you training, you train with whoever you, whatever, like, but I'm here to help your IQ of the game. I'm here to talk, you know, leverages. I'm here to talk, uh, concepts like I'm here to talk football IQ, football knowledge, so you can be a better off football player, you know. And I'm like, you know, lead a training to whoever you train with. And I learned that from T Gray. Like T Gray used to say, if I got to tell you how to backpedal, then you don't need to be with me. Somebody like you should have learned that before you got to me how to backpedal. So, really, mm hmm, man. No, so that's good, man. I like that you kind of explained that and how that was working. and I mean, it's obvious you got like some big time players with you, man. Like, oh yeah. Like I see you got some four stars, some high rated three stars. Like you got some kids really rocking. Yeah, man. And then you know all the way to guys like Tony Grimes, the guys like Sherrod Coville, that's at Clemson. You know, like it's guys like that that so from the area that wanted to be Hokies, but you know whatever happened for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, man, and it, it's gonna continue to grow. You know, like I'm working the Under Armour game. Like, I went and coached that, you know, the All-American game last year. So I'm in contact with a lot of the top kids across the country. Um, I go and I work all the rivals, not all of them, but whenever I kind of feel like it, I can go and work the rivals events and things like that. So I, I kind of, you know, pop out to help, you know, as much as possible. But, um, you know, kind of keep eyes on kids. That's, 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 that's kind of from our area, you know. And it's a lot of them. They're going all over. Every, we got a kid down at Georgia um who went to IMG who's from Virginia Beach um the Desmond Ricks the starting the, the number 2 player in the class of 2024 he's at IMG another kid from Virginia Beach like <laughs> but I'm like the coaches and people don't know that because they're not in the streets and in the community like I am but I yeah, saw exactly. De Desmond was uh <clears throat> gassing up uh Dante on on IG I think it was when he when he committed to Tech so that was mm -hmm. dope there were actually a bunch of dudes that kid, he got a lot of friends. <laughs> that's good. He's a he's a little lovable kid, man. Levette, Levette is the guy that's gonna dance. You know, he's the guy. He might not be the biggest recruit, but I tell you this, he can outplay any of them the guys. They might be bigger recruit, bigger star recruits than him. But Levette, what makes him special is, um, he's a basketball player. He he didn't really start playing football to the last couple years, so he didn't grow up like a lot of these kids grew up doing DB drills or wide receiver drills, so they look a little bit more polished. LeVette has grown up playing basketball, so, like, he can run and stop and jump and make hella athletic plays on a dime. But his, his DB, like, his the polish, I would say the polishment of his uh, play is going to come later on, you know, in this next year or two, you know, when he get fully polished up. So he's a real lovable kid. You know, everywhere he go, he smiles like – he like he's like a Hans Ward that plays defensive back. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of kid he is, man. That's really great insight to hear that he has such a high ceiling. Bro, I'm telling you, the highest. I think the highest. I've been telling people, listen, he went to they had a, a Under Armour camp right in Baltimore. I'm talking about all the top kids on the East Coast. They're all the five star DBs, all the four. Everybody. He was only a three star. He won MVP for defensive backs. 
right? I beat everybody out. He made the most plays. He had the best looking every. And I'm telling people, I'm like, bro, he just, he wasn't, he didn't look this good last year because he was just getting started. And I'm like, I'm telling you from a pro, I'm like, I picked him out. Like I, his first four scholarships came from me, you know? So I'm like, and and it wasn't because, you know, I didn't get paid to do it or nothing. I, I like the kid. I like his energy. I like, you know, he wants to get better. He wants to learn, come from a real good family. And I'm like, when I saw how raw he was, I was like, oh, shit. So when somebody can teach you something, it's going to be lights out. Is that kind of how you pick the kids? You look at the ones that have the raw talent or the high potential? Yeah, man. Honestly, I pick them. I got to like them, man. It's like it's like karate. Like I, I do it like do it like kung fu. It's like you got to, you know, I got to like you first and then then I can bring you in to teach you all this stuff because yeah, I really feel like there's no amount of money you can't pay for all the time that I spent with T Gray. You can't pay for all the time and things I learned from Bud Foster. You can't pay for you know, I've did four years under Wade Phillips in, in Houston. You know, it's like you can't you can't even pay for that. So it's like I literally I go out, I watch the kids, I see, you know, who I like and, you know, do my research on them. And if I like them, you know, I'll hit them back or I'll, or I'll you know, reach out or whatever. But that's that's really how it is, man. It's almost like I, it's like I tell them, like, it's like black belts. Or, you know, I'm going I'm to start giving out black belts in a minute. <laughs> Rock Miyagi. Yeah, Miyagi. man. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot, man. So, so what do you think about this new staff at Virginia Tech? Have they been pretty good? Are they good about communicating? Great. They have been great, man. They have been, you know, it's like night and day from the last staff. You know, they're super well at communicating. Honestly, it's just like we got to watch them coach and, and watch them play at this point. I'm like, they they done everything right, you know, when it comes to uh, you know, being a new staff, uh, trying to win a state, you know, attacking all the top places, you know, staying home, like, and they listen and they communicate, you know, with the, with the, with the former players, you know, checking to see what guys we have or what guys we think can play. Um, but, you know, now at this point, you know, I'm telling them the same thing. That's really refreshing to hear. Yeah, see how the season go. How has NIL affected your kids, like, as far as, like, because, like, you've been doing it, like, it wasn't around during COVID, but now it's around, and you got kids that are of age to go, like, to get, like, to commit, like, now. So, like, Mm -hmm. has it it been, has it been, like, a wild process with, like, schools offering, or not schools, but people offer NILs around schools and stuff like that? It's, it's up and down, man, because it's still so brand new. Nobody really knows how to kind of monetize or do it the correct way. Um, you know, so some of them superstar kids, you know, they getting a lot of opportunities thrown at them, but it's nothing, you know, it's like those million dollar deals that people talking about, like those, it's a few kids that's getting that few quarterbacks, but everybody else is kind of just t-shirt sales and, you know, if you can get a company or somebody to pay you to post or do some marketing on Instagram, it's really not as big as people think it is. Like, it's a lot of potential, but it's at the same time. It's like if Virginia Tech, you know, as a school don't have their things in order where they can say, OK, we got, you know, seven to 10 kids where we can give 50 to 100,000 dollars to then, you know, it's really just like I say, it's just instagram social media small deals like that but um you know it's growing and then some other schools are different you know texas a&m's and old miss you know where they have you know kind of their perspectives and things in order you know they can kind of present bigger deals where kids might get a million two million dollars over you know four years or five years um so it's a lot of different things um but you know at the same time it's not really affecting everybody because um, it's only really the top of the top kids that's getting those those calls or opportunities. That's pretty good insight to hear. And it kind of seems like uh, Tech's getting it together and Brendan Hill, B Hill's been yeah. trying to help that out with Triumph. We talked to him yeah. recently. Yeah, definitely. He's doing a, a great job. Um, he's a, he's, he's a kind of leading the trail leading a trail for Virginia Tech. And um, I want to say there's a, they have a couple more uh, collectives that's been working, trying to work some deals for the guys. But, 
you know, it's bro, it's still all fairly brand new. And, you know, like I say, talking to me, bro, like my my mind um and my perspective is like completely different. I'm just like, look, you can make your own money. You know, I'm like, that's how, you know, I'm telling my guys, I'm like going to Virginia Tech and, you know, kind of being local guys, being DMV, Virginia guys, like, you know, if, if it's, uh you know, selling shirts at games or, you know, creating uh different signing events for yourself. It's like you got to be creative and, you know, they just telling you that you can make money. But I don't really think there's a lot of, you know, million dollar deals and things like that coming, you know, kind of on this on our side of football. Not not quite yet, but Tech's definitely getting it together, man, for sure. Shout out to Brendan and those guys. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different feeling if you can stay home and put the city on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Blackbird's right. not a city, but it's the same concept. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh, uh, so I guess all these other schools that you go to, um, it's kind of funny to see people on Twitter be like, "Oh, Carolina just gets these players because of the because of the Jays and stuff like that." But I feel like, where would you say that the new <laughs> culture at Virginia Tech right ranks? compare because you've been visiting all these schools you've been at clemson you've been in south carolina with, with uh with shane yeah and yeah. like carolina like all that like how is what you've seen prior them doing that culture that they're creating there compared to the stuff that's already been established with the Dabos and uh shane's in the second year now and max been there for a couple of years i mean honestly man um you know, just like I know, Virginia Tech, we really run this East Coast, you know, when it come to that, you know, from the Big East to the ACC. Like, we, you know, fell off to Clemson the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, the playoff system and the national champ system, all that new things are new. But when, you know, the difference in between those places and the Virginia Tech, like, is legacy, man. You can, you can smell it. You can feel it, you know, when you walk into a Virginia Tech versus going anywhere else. And I tell everybody, it's like, uh, you know, we're one of the really few college towns, you know, where all the, all the, the students, all the fans, everybody in the, the whole community from Christiansburg to Blacksburg to whatever on the other side of Blacksburg is like, everybody is here for Virginia Tech football. Everybody's going to support you, you know, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to do. And the kids can feel that. Like, that's not even something that, we have to speak on, you know, the kids and the parents will be like, well, it just, it don't feel like tech and it, and it don't, you know, it don't, they don't feel as electrifying, you know, um, you know, I love South Carolina, you know, you go to their games, you know, it feels like a, a NFL game. It was, you know, a lot of energy, but it was still, you know, kind of like a Sunday, uh, your Clemson games, you know, they, they action packed, you know, but it's still not like a, a lane stadium, you know, on a, a a night game, like a lot of the kids went to uh, the UNC Virginia Tech game opener, season opener last year. And that thing was, you know, so electrifying. It's like, it's really not no comparing to that. And I'm like, you know, that's just Virginia Tech history. Um, felt good being with Shane, though. I love what he's doing down there in South Carolina and T. Gray's down there. So, you know, that's our guy. Um, you know, Tosh Boyd and those guys at Clemson, you know, they from the Virginia Beach area. So, you know, we got some guys that's relatable there, you know, same thing down at UNC. But at the end of the day, man, <clears throat> even all our guys that's in all those other places, you know, that's from our area. You know, Virginia Tech was once, you know, everybody's favorite, you know, for all the way back to Michael Vicks and D Halls and things like that, you know, before any of these other places was even thought of about being cool you know so we just got to keep doing what we do man or we'll get back to doing what we used to do and i think it it's gonna be fine yeah so how many kids are you working with right now oh man unlimited man i don't even count i honestly don't count man it's um because it's all the way from my youngest might be four years old bro i, I teach him from four year old to you know to guys like delante hood who just went, you know, to the Cincinnati Bengals and he went to like Glenville State, came out of a super small school, right? Um, so it's it's open, man. It's like long as you don't cry and ask for your mom, you can come to the workout. So <laughs> Yeah. Hey, yo. Hey man, uh well so I don't really like talking I think the forty yard dash is 
I've always called it like a sexy measurable. Like, like people yeah. want to see like, oh, he ran a if like pops off the, off the off the paper, right? But right. Um, you got this kid. It's kind of the talk right now. Uh, Cotman. Is that how I say it? Antonio. Yeah. They say he ran a four eight forty, but I feel like okay. Like, what about his other stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the forty is. I mean, it matters, but if you, I feel like if you're a defensive back and you, you know, you disrupt the receiver's get off pause, that it four eight not gonna matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and then too, man, you can't put too much stock in that because they're kids. You know, it's like. He might, he, he, and, and I know him, you know, I can speak personally for him. Like, I know he don't really know how to run a 40 yet. You know, like that you being 16, probably be, you know, maybe 17 years old is like, you know, some kids grow up running track. Like I did. I grew up running track. I was a fast kid. I knew how to run, but a lot of these kids don't know how to run. You know, I'm like, imagine what he going to look, what he going to run or what he going to do after he get with a coach for, you know, like how we did with coach Gent and get the help get the help out you know so it's like i think people put too much stock in looking at kids like they are professional athletes it's like bro he in high school like he's he, you know and then it's like he's big but i'm like he's just a big ass kid you know what i'm saying so i'm like he don't his body ain't even developed all the way yet like let him you know develop and let his let his body you know like i say he looked like he grown but i'm like you know i just i just think people put too much stock in that Versus versus looking at how, you know, is he a football player? You know, can I teach him? Can he can he run enough to keep up? Right, and when we see his reps, you know, playing one on ones and the rivals or the you know all these big camps, and he running with kids that run four fours and four threes, and you know making plays on them. So it's like you know he can move enough, and um, yeah, man, I think that people just look at something. You know, they gotta look at something, right? I actually think that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Like a lot of these scouts, 247 scouts, these guys that think they know football, they didn't even play the game. Right. Like, like they didn't even play in like high school. Like right. how do you know the game? Like they right. don't know anything about it. They don't know how it works. Yeah, the uh, the the people that have been spectators their whole life definitely show themselves. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, that's why I'd be – that's when I call people civilians, them the guys I be talking about, man, damn. Absolutely. That is a great word for them. <laughs> nothing but civilians. They're armchair quarterbacks. Like, yeah. And there's I, so and much more to the game than yeah. some measurables. Yeah. I had to tell uh, the freaking Rivals Godfather dude the other day, man, like, you know, and all these guys follow me and all this because you know, I played in the Singer Bowl and I did all this shit, you know, came across them. But I had to tell them, like, you know, they were talking about something about – matter of fact, it was about DBU. He was like, you know, uh, for Stingley and LSU coming out of DB, you know, make another one for DBU. And I told him, I said, it, that doesn't mean that you are – that LSU is DBU. I said, DBU comes from how many plays you make. It ain't got nothing to do about how many DBs get drafted, how many DBs get selected. And I said, why do I know that? Because we are Virginia Tech. We started the DBU talk, first of all. And yep. second of all, it, we already was, we, we was the second, we was the, the blue collar. We the lunch pail motherfuckers. We not the five star and four star recruits anyway. So I'm like, I had to tell him like, bro, don't say that. DBU when you ranking somebody a five star in high school and now he the first DB to get drafted. I'm like, that's just that's and, and, and y'all the same motherfuckers that's doing the, you know what I'm saying? The draft boards and all this shit like yeah, that. So I'm like, they don't know nothing about D block. Yeah, I'm like, bro, come on, bro. I said that getting drafted has nothing to do with being in DBU. DBU is about who leads the country in interceptions and takeaways. And I'm like, yeah. that's where that shit come from. We we kick the ball off. We don't knock knockdowns don't count in D block. Yeah, these scouts like that for 247, they're the same nerds that do analytics in baseball and just, like, they're annoying. They ruin the game. But, I mean, I get it. They get a job. But that's my pet peeve. I had to just get that off. Yeah, nah, I'm with you, man. I think another one of the things I like about um, LeVette, while we're talking about your kids, is the fact that that kid is not afraid to tackle. 
I mean, like to hit it a little bit. I appreciate it. Because we've seen some kids, like, last year in the UVA game, it was egregious, but they they let one of the UVA players just walk right into the end zone because they wanted to make a business decision and yeah. avoid the tackle. But this dude looks like this man lo- looks – he loves the contact. Oh, yeah. Nah, nah, Levesque gonna play. He gonna get physical. And I'm telling you, bro, he played that fucking ball, bro. Like, I, I've seen Levette make some interceptions, do some shit like it's like acrobatic, like in the air. Like, Levette, Levette do shit that only Levette can do. I'm telling you. Like, <laughs> like Cotman, right? Like, Cotman's like, people love Cotman, but I'm like, Cotman loves Levette. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> when you see him work out and train, you be like, dog, this kid is a freak. Like, how the fuck? It's just, and I'm telling him like, bro, he just he just raw. I'm like, he he a basketball. I seen him moving and playing basketball, and I'm like, he can run, he can jump, he can stop on the dime. I'm like, I teach him how to backpedal and look at play with his eyes, use a little bit of that T Gray shit. I'm like, he ain't nobody. Y'all can't beat him. And I and and I believe I really believe in the kids like that to be more successful, bro, because they love it more. He's he's still a raw canvas, you know. It's like he ain't played his whole fucking life where. He just want to do this and do that. Like, he going to take chances. He going to get his head around. He going to try to be great because he's still fresh and new at it, man. And I'm, his ceiling is the highest out of everybody, bro. You Do you have these kids paired up against each other when you, like, when you work out? Like, you got, like, Billups going up against, like. Yeah. Yeah. I got all the footages, too. Man. <laughs> yeah. Billups going to be I got, nasty, I got look. It's some footage, man. I got some footage that people can't see, but listen, they go at it, bro. Iron sharpen iron. <laughs> from Hell yeah. Cotman, the bill ups to Takai Heath, another one. Takai Heath. Oh my God, dude. Tell us about him a little bit. Dog. Takai Heath is probably my favorite football player right now, like overall. And I say that because he can play both sides of the ball, like at the exact same level. You put him at wide receiver and nobody can check him. Like Paul Billups is dangerous. He's electrifying, but Takai Heath is, he's a professional. He's like Eddie Royal, but a professional already. He's super fast. He's super quick. And he's been training like, like at this offensive shit for so long, bro. Like, he he he's like the top, legit top receiver. I I think in the state. I've seen him go plenty of years, rivals, underarm, all the top thing with all the top guys at all these top private school kids at top DVs at St. Francis with 50 scholarships. And this guy Takai, he's making them fall on their ass at the line like pop 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 pop. Like, bro, listen, I I I've seen him do some stuff I can't even put out there. I don't even want to. I don't even want to put out in the air. He's so dangerous, bro. He's I need dangerous. that. I need that man to be a hokey then. Now nah, we working on it, man. I I've been letting the coaches know it from the new staff, and you know, and I told them I'm like, you know, him and Cotman is best friends. I'm like, they them two, they train together every day of the week. They live two minutes apart, you know, neighborhood. I'm like, so I was telling them, I'm like, bro, you want Cotman? I'm like, you gotta get Heath. You know, I'm like, that's kind of like. That's his right-hand man. I'm like, and the reason why Cotman can move and run like that being so big is because he worked with Heath, you know, every day. And um, um, and they see it now, though, because they, they went to Highland Springs, had a showcase last week um, with every freaking college, 50 colleges there. And this kid, he blew him out the water, ran like a low 4-4-40, ran a, a low-ass shuttle time. His drill work was crazy, and like I say, his routes is is crazy. And people, you know, Tech called and was like, "Yeah, he is what you said he is." I'm like, "Bro, look, I'm a pro. I'm not just telling you this shit for fun." You know, when I when I call you and tell you I like a kid and he's special, he's special. You know, it means something. Yeah, you know, your words got yeah. Smart, but yeah, is Amari is Amari Campbell your kid too or no? No, 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 not not Campbell. I seen him. I seen him at a few of those camps though. Or he nasty. Yeah, he can go. They say he he's too go. small, but I don't. I don't. I, that I watched. I see the film. I don't care about it. I mean, that dude goes. Yeah, man. Um, I think that that's one thing everybody want big guys right now, you know. But um, you know me. Look at my size. I'm like, and then they try to tell me they be like, hey, rock with, but you were special. And I'm like, bro, I'm trying to tell you these kids are special. I'm like, now what made me special? I ran a fast forty time, but I'm like, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't always fast. I'm like, I really didn't even run a 4-3 until that day. I don't know how I ran a 4-3 for Beamer. Like, before then, I was 4-5, four, four, maybe even 4-6s. And then it was like, 
after that day, I got fast. I don't know how it happened. I always ran track, though, and ran, but I don't know if it was, you know, like my body started to develop or what happened, you know, but that's when it happened, you know, for me. So I'm like, you know, give these kids a break, man, and um, and let the guys play. That's why I asked y'all about Harvey because I like, you know, Harvey being a smaller guy. I think he can. I think I like how he play. I like his style. I love the Harvey, yeah. man. Yeah, I me too. His his parents player. are so fun too, Joe. Yeah, yeah, they good. Yeah. They good, good parents. I think he I got like nickel them. locked up though, for real. I do. I think he got nickel locked up. Yeah, for sure. I told him, man, with that twenty on, he got to he got to start watching some J. Ron Hosey. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate with J. Ron. He had that injury that kind of did him in in, yeah. in the pros, but hey, yeah, look, he put it. Russell Wilson. In the fucking hell that day when we played. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Dude, three picks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I be telling them boys about Hosey, man. They don't know, like you say, they don't know about, you know, myself, Hosley, uh, who else was, was crazy, man? Um, DJ Parker helped a lot. Aaron Rouse. It's like, you guys don't even know about uh-huh. Rouse. I'm like, before Cam, we had Rouse, and Rouse was hell too. He yeah, went I'm fourth to, round. I'm trying to get yeah. Rouse on here. Yeah, you know, Ross a politician, man. I don't know. You got yeah, I had to you know, put a, I had to email his team, yeah. Yeah, so you got to put a suit on to get Ross listening. Vote but, for uh, the man. Vote for Ross, everybody. You've been training for years now. The, I guess what I'm trying to ask is the the advancement in these workouts and the nutrition and stuff now is crazy for these kids. They, I feel like they have such more of an advantage, like body – like. Health-wise and body-wise with that stuff than, like, our generation ever did, you know? And I never played anything special. I I, I didn't go past high school, but still, it's kind of crazy. Like, you see, like, what the coaches try to have you on, like, peanut butter and banana sandwiches and a glass of milk before <laughs> bed. And now it's like there's all sorts of different advancements. It's it's crazy. Yeah. No, man, it, it is. It's a lot Um and, you know, like you said, luckily I went and played and did what I did. So I, I did get to kind of experience um, a portion of it and get to get to help out, you know, a bit with, with, with whatever information I know. Because, you know, that, um, you know, recoveries and the different, you know, amino acids and things like that, they do help. And these kids today, you know, <laughs> the difference in between us and them that they are they training like pro athletes. You know, their schedules are like pro athletes. They they, you know, taking home school so they can work out and train all day. So some of that stuff I'm like, y'all need because, you know, we were kids. We at least got the rest. <laughs> These dudes don't even get the rest. They like little baby, baby pros already. That's a good comparison, man. Come baby pros. I like that. They're just yeah. kind of getting ahead of schedule, getting ahead of the game that helps them prep for college, I think. Right. For sure. No, definitely, definitely. And once you learn to take care of your body, you know, that's that's when you become a professional. That's what pros are, you know. I'm like, they drink certain amounts of water all the time. They jog all the time. It's like little things that make – that's why they pros, you know. Were, were you also doing uh, – were you training whole, like – I feel like I saw at one point on social media maybe like a year ago, like when COVID was still pretty strong, like, you were doing like camps with like whole like college cores like East Carolina yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we do it all, man. So that's you know, bless all people. Kind of turn evolved into one percent, and one percent, you know, literally, you know, stands for you know the chances that you have of making it, you know, in professional sports you know as a high school player you got a one percent chance of making it so you got to do all these things right so we you know um i throw uh 707 tournaments you know where there's over 50 different teams and have colleges come out you know i have rivals and uh 247 and things like that come out to a different like you know showcase style thing where i have guys do their one-on-ones and you know run some drills um, you know, whatever, what kind of whatever it takes, you know, to create, to create an opportunity, you know, for the, for the area. That's kind of what it is. And, you know, 1%, you know, what it stands for. So last year we took about 15, 20 guys, um, on a college tour. We went about, eh, I say about shit, about 20 days in a row. Um, and we went out pretty much each day, went to a different school. 
And, uh, um, you know, my, my guys worked out, performed well in front of the scouts. And then, um, you know, they should, some of them ended up getting scholarships. But it was like literally, like I said, you know, at the beginning of the pod, that's my that was my uh that was my role you know that's how I made it you know going around and traveling and just competing and kind of believing in yourself and it, it helped you know we got kids that didn't have anything going for them that you know literally going to play division one football you know we took on that tour last year so but it, it, it that's what I do man just keep creating different opportunities um we actually going down to Dallas June. June 2nd through the 6th, um, going to TCU and SMU, they have like some good showcases with like all, all the East, I mean, not East Coast, <laughs> all the West Coast colleges and all that are going to be there. So we're going to take, you know, a bunch of cats from over here, these DMV, Richmond and Virginia Beach cats. And we're going to go out there to Texas and go, go compete with them dudes and see. You know, see who's the best, right? You gonna show them how it is, man. Yeah, you yeah. better cook them, but don't let Sark get a hold of them boys or Jimbo. They they gotta come here, all right? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We ain't gonna lose them, man. We ain't gonna lose them. We just we just going on the road to kick some ass, but no, nah, we ain't gonna lose them, man. We keeping them boys home. It's a business trip. Yeah, it's a business trip, man, and, and kind of putting the putting the world on notice that we coming. You know, I love it, man. I really respect what you're doing what you're how you're helping kids man this is great it's big in a lot of areas but it helps the communities as well man so right i really respect what you're doing and i now i appreciate i appreciate y'all man hey bro you got a brother and that yeah. boy be spitting <laughs> you want to plug him real quick you can plug him real quick if you want Oh man, yeah, he got some things coming, man. Shock G, uh, Shock Carmichael, my younger brother, man. You see me at him, you know, a lot. You know, he kind of been quiet on the music scene lately. Um, uh, just want to develop and, uh, you know, kind of get his style and get himself, um, a little better. But yeah, you know, he, he pretty creative. Um, uh, he's a couple songs he has out there on the, uh, iTunes and all the apps and things like that. I'll tweet them out to the guys so they could, you know, retweet it or something. If anybody want to check it out. But for sure, man. My younger brothers, man. Y'all y'all see me at him on Instagram and Twitter all the time. But yeah, those are my guys. Yeah, Dave on a DM me one day and was like, You need to check out Rock's little brother. And I was like, Oh man, this dude got bars. He got a vibe <laughs> for sure, yeah. Facts. He might have to be the new intro then. <laughs> oh, yeah, might, yeah, I'm gonna hey, tell him, if I'm gonna Shock want to make us an intro, bro, I'll use it every time. Yeah, so, hey, uh, drop your socials if you don't mind, so that way everybody knows where to follow along at. Yeah, um, uh, shoot, man, social medias, uh, at Bappin' Ain't Easy Bino, that's at B-A-P-P-N-A-I-N-E-Z, B-I-N-O. I know that was a lot, you know, but that's Instagram and Twitter. Bapping ain't easy, Bino. And, you know, like I say, that stands for, you know, bless all people, you know, blessing all people ain't easy. You know, that's that's what, you know, I had to pick that name. That was what's right for me because the road I take, it looked good, but it's not easy, man. I do a lot of a lot of sacrificing, you know, for the community. So that's that's my name. And we all appreciate it. So we got a little tradition here on the podcast. As we go out, the ox court is yours. <laughs>